if you would, as he's being guided back to his seat, I think he can see he just chooses not to. <laughs> Did I not see you drive home Sunday night? Riddle me that, Batman. Amen. <laughs> if you would, open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. Now, I've got, what is your password? What's your password? Okay. In a moment of humanity, I messed up. It should be forgot your password. But what's your password? Anybody, before we get into the past, the whole, uh, the, the scripture and the sermon, let me ask you this. Um, did anybody use a computer at all? Okay. Does anybody, does anybody have a password for your computer? Does anybody have these passwords, you know, trying to pay bills online, and it's every time I go to it, i What's my password? I forgot my password. But down there at the bottom, praise God, they've got the little forgot your password. <laughs> and you can click on that, and 30 minutes later and 15 emails later, when you figure out how to open your email, <laughs> you get the password. Yep. And then you've got to figure out how to get back to where they wanted you to put the password, to get back to the password. Then you forgot it again because you didn't write it down. Okay? So we've all forgotten our password, right? Yeah. We've all forgotten that secret code that we've got to get into whatever it is on the internet we're trying to get into. Okay, because that's what that is. That's where, you know, you don't have to type in all your identity and your information, but it recognizes you by a certain code or a certain name. We'll get back to that in a minute. Father, right now I come... God, pour me out, empty me, Lord. God, reveal your message. Convict the hearts the way you convicted mine. God, speak to these people the same way you spoke to me. Let our convictions motivate us. Let your word inspire us. Let us remember the blessing that we have in you and through you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 1. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, for being alive, but you are dead. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. I don't know how else to explain who this is rather than it's Jesus that's saying this. Okay, It's written in red in mine, and instead of getting into the seven stars and the seven spirits, realize that it's Jesus speaking. And Jesus says to this church in Sardis, not only to the church in Sardis, but these seven letters that Jesus wrote to these churches, he said 
once you receive it and once you read it, you pass it along to the next church. Because everything I'm saying applies to every church. Okay? Every person that belongs to me, these letters apply to. As hard as it is to just swallow, it applies to each and every person that belongs to Christ. So he says, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. I know that people look at you in a way that they see you as this spiritual leader. But really you're dead. I know that you walk around and you proclaim that you're a Christian. I know you walk around and you say that you're a Christian. But your deeds point out otherwise. You come to church on Sunday and you are a Christian. And you smile and you say the right things and you raise your hands at the right time. But then at about 11.30 to 12 o'clock, you realize that you're no longer doing the things that you did for that hour you were at church. You realize that it's, it's real easy to get caught up on that. The, we'll go with the Internet. It's real easy to get caught up on Facebook or uh, in the group text or in whatever it takes to where we're ranting and raving about Somebody, Amy was telling me this morning about somebody in our neighborhood wasn't cutting their grass fast enough, so they got a letter on their porch. And I was like, well, I would, it's a good thing I'm not on Facebook, because I would put on Facebook, well, hey, okay, anytime you're ready to come cut my grass, come cut my grass, and or, you know, you pay at least one month mortgage, and then you can complain about my grass. (laughs) But other than that, you know, get out my face. So you see where God has worked on Brad (laughs) through this, okay? Because trust me, my eyes were opened. I had a man at work tell me that you can't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I know who you are, and I know what you do, but, man, you just can't believe a word that comes out of your mouth. That's because I joke a lot, and I kid a lot, okay? To him, he's joking and kidding with me, but inside, to me, it points out my faults. It points out where I'm failing as a representative of Christ. Okay, so Jesus said, I know your deeds, that you have a, people see you as alive, but spiritually you're dead. I know that you say one thing and you do another. Okay, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it really spoke to me. I mean, I had to, I put down everything I had. I went through my whole life, my whole salvation. I questioned my salvation for a minute. And then God revealed to me the rest of that verse. But he who does the will of the Father, he will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I realized that what I, when I do what I do, though sometimes it may cross my mind that I'm doing it so that people will see me in a certain way, I'm ultimately doing it. And I know deep in my heart 
even when the devil tries to tell me that I'm doing it for my own selfishness, that I'm doing it in my heart for God, to glorify God. And that's what I need everybody in here to understand and to realize, that when we do what we do, we need to do it to glorify God. Because when Jesus said that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, how many times do we walk around and we cry out, Lord, help me, Lord, uh, I did this in your name. Lord, I can do this. Lord, I did that. Lord, 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 Lord. But we've forgotten our password. How many times do we cry out to God and turn right around and know that he's blessed us, know that he's healed us from our situation, know that whatever it was we cried out to God for, he solved that problem and we turn right around and consider what we had done to fix that problem too many times and Jesus warned about that Jesus warned about that in a letter that he wrote to Sardis and he relays that message to us through his word he says wake up and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Wake up and remember the things that are about to die. Remember that Jesus is Lord. Remember that Jesus died for you. Because when Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but him who does the will of my Father. He's talking about when we get on over into like into Romans and it tells us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. It's about what you believe, not what you say. You know the ultimate goal in life is to not to have to witness to anybody with our words but to witness to them simply by the things that we say and we do in our actions toward them without ever having to say, did you know that Jesus Christ died for you and that he loves you? They can see that in every step we take. They can see that in every time we blink our eyes. That's the ultimate goal in life is to be able to witness to somebody about the love of God through your actions. But I'm not there yet. So wake up and strengthen and remember the things that were about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. You have forgotten your password and you do not remember what you've been taught. You've forgotten your password and you don't know why you do things anymore. You don't even remember, just like when he wrote to Ephesus, you, you, you've left your first love. Y'all ready for a history lesson? Anybody, any history teachers in the room? Okay. I got a little history lesson. Did you know that during World War II, the Dutch and the Germans, you know, they were fighting against each other. The, the Dutch and the Germans would have spies that would infiltrate each other's armies. Okay? And the Dutch 
set up these command posts, and you couldn't come into these certain parts of the country unless you came through these checkpoints, okay? And it just so happens that they spoke different, they spoke kind of the same, but they, they had a different accent, okay? Uh, anybody ever been to New York? Okay, anybody ever watched Lucy, uh, Lucille Ball, what's the, I Love Lucy? You know Ricky Ricardo had a little accent, right? Okay. Got, yeah, got a little, you know, he got a little hiccup in his deal there. So th these Germans spoke different than these people that were from France that had this, you know, when they said the, the S-C-H, like in school, because I cannot say these words that they said, okay? They, but they had a password. That, that, that identified who could come in and who couldn't, okay? That password, let's just use school because I can't say these other ones, but it was pronounced school, okay? But the Germans, schul, they couldn't, they couldn't make out the, the school sound. They made the schul, you know? It was different. And they recognized, don't laugh, Sarah laughed. But they made this different enunciation when they said it. Okay, history, little history lesson. How about this? Did you know that during World War II, also the Americans used the same little trick? Okay, during World War II, the Americans set up check posts because we had a lot of you know places set up in the you know South Pacific, and there were a lot of the Japanese that were trying to sneak in. Okay, well, the Japanese they have trouble saying the letter L as an L, and that came out as an R. And so what they would do is they would say, here's your password, Lollapalooza. Okay? Anybody ever seen the movie A Christmas Story? Ra, 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 ra. So when the Japanese that were trying to sneak into the American guards would come up and they would say, okay, tell us the password. The password is Lollapalooza. Say that. They would say Ra, ra, perusa. Only they wouldn't get that far. As soon as they heard the first rah-rah, they would, you know, they would, uh, yeah. They would, you know, slap them on the wrist and send them back home. Now! Does anybody have any idea where that came from? Does anybody have, does, do you know where people came up with the idea for a password, why there was a need for the password. Thank you, Brother Mike. Because back in Judges, in chapter 12, a little man named Jephthah, he got kicked out of his own family because his mother was a prostitute, and they told him to go off somewhere else. So when, he come, when it comes time for war, he was a good warrior, so they go and get Jephthah, and they say, you know what, we want you to come, and we want you to lead our army. And so he says, well, okay. Long story short, he says, okay, and he comes back. And when he comes back, he fights. And he, God delivers the Ammonites into his hand. So the Ephraimites come back to him and they say, well, what are you doing? Why didn't you come and get us to fight with you? Now we're mad at you. And the Ephraimites that were, came against him to fight him, they battled him and he said, well, wait a minute. I did ask you to come help me, and you decided not to. So you can't have what we have because God gave that to us. 
So then they took over, Jephthah took over the fords to the river, to the Jordan River, and he set up a check post. Okay? Because these are basically brothers. But there was a western and an eastern. And you know how upstate New York talks a little different than downstate New York. So the word was Shaboleth. Can everybody say that? Shaboleth. Okay, the password was Shaboleth. And when the Ephraimites came and they said, We're your brothers, let us across the river. They said, Okay, say the password. What's your password? And they said, Siboleth. Because they couldn't make the SH sound. They said, Siboleth. And when they said Siboleth, guess what happened? They slapped him on the wrist and sent him out. 42,000 were slain at one time. 42,000. Why did I tell you that? Because sometimes we forget our password. The Bible tells us that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if you can't say Jesus is Lord, then you don't have the password. And when you get to heaven and God asks you for the password, so to speak, if you can't say Jesus is Lord, then he's going to have to tell you that away from me, I never depart from me, I never knew you. Verse 3 says, So remember what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. Remember that Jesus is Lord. Remember that somebody told you that Jesus is Lord. Remember that somebody somewhere explained exactly who Jesus is. That Jesus is the Son of God. And that while you were still a sinner, right in the middle of all your sin, he died for you. Not only did he die for you, but he was raised from the dead and he reigns in heaven waiting to come back and get you and take you home. Because you know because I will come like a thief and I, you will not know the hour that I will come to you. But a few of you, the people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. Who overcomes? Christ. Who overcomes through Christ? How do you overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. Go to chapter 12. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. 
For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before God day and night. Did, did you understand that at all day every day and all night every night, the devil is playing the tattletale? And he is constantly going back and forth to God and saying, did you see what he did? Did you see what they did? Did you see what they did? Did you see this? Did you see that? Hey, did you hear about this? Oh, he just did that. Did you see that? Oh, she just, oh, yeah, you better look at that because that's what happened. All day, every, do you think God's getting a little annoyed about that? Yeah, I do too. But that's exactly what's going on. All day, every day, you're being accused of doing wrong. Does he have a right to accuse you of doing wrong? Absolutely. Because he ain't li he's not lying about it, is he? He may be stretching it out and making God hear stuff that, you know, he may be stretching the truth a little bit every now and again. He is the devil. But at the same time, he's not right in accusing you for doing wrong because you have done wrong. But they have overcome, and because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, Satan is standing up telling God everything you've done wrong all day, every day. And God is standing back and saying, yeah, but by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, because of the things that they have believed in and the things that they do, they're forgiven. They're healed. They're worthy. They're welcome. They're wearing the white garments and they can come in. And I will not erase. This is back in verse 5. He says, He who overcomes will thus be clothed in the white garments. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. Now, there's more than one book. This book of life. That's the book that was written before the foundation of the world. God put your name in a book before the world was ever formed. He knew that it was going to take terminal cancer. To call this child his home. He knew what it was going to take. But that name was in that book. Before he ever created the world. Go to chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat upon it from those whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead. The great books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. 
And if anyone, na anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, Jesus started chapter 3 off by saying, I know your deeds. That you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. And a lot of times we forget our password. And we have to go in and, 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 and get somebody to set us straight and let us know what that password is. And just like Paul said, that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. That's the only password you have. Let me ask you this. If you got to heaven right now, if you, however, for whatever reason, if Jesus calls us all back and comes and gets us right now, or if heaven forbid something happened to us and you pass away when you walk out this door. When Jesus asked you at this final judgment, when he asked you, well, what have you done with your life? Do you know what you're going to say? Do you have an answer for the, I want to say proverbial question. I don't even know what that means. I've just heard it a lot. But when Jesus stands in front of you and he asks you, what have you done that's so good that will let you enter into my kingdom? What have you spent your life doing? Do you know the answer to that question? You got the password. Jesus is Lord. So when you are asked that question, and it's Jesus, and I can only imagine, right? When that day comes, do you know what you're going to say? I trusted in Jesus. Because there's going to come a day when you're going to have to stand there, and he's going to open all these books and everything that you've ever done, good and bad, everything good and bad, is going to be written there. And you know what he's going to say? You did, well, you did that, and that was kind of bad. Oh, but over here, but God, but, but what about when I you know, did this and that was good? He's going to say, yeah, but that's like filthy rags too. You can't do anything good enough. The only thing that you can do is trust in Jesus. The only thing that you can do is know the password and believe in your heart, not just say it with your mouth, not just imitate it with your feet and your hands and walk around and saying, oh, I'm glad to see you, Brother Charles. I'm so glad to see you, man. Y'all hear what Charles did last night? I can't stand that man. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You got a spirit that's alive. You're known as being alive, but you're dead. And God wants you to line up with him, and he wants you to get it right, and he wants to make sure that you know today that he knows who you are. Not who you want to be, not who you try to be. He knows who you are. And no matter who you are, 
He wants to know that your name's in that book of life. So let me ask you this. Is your name in the book of life? Or will you be judged by your deeds? So I guess as Brother John prepares to come to sing a song of invitation, I want to close with this. And that doesn't mean 20 more minutes. It's a joke. you get there one day. That's funny. The rest of that section through verse 6 says, We'll just start in verse 5 and go through 6. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Praise God. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Jesus said, If you confess my name before men, then I will confess your name before my Father. But if you deny my name before men, then I will deny you before my Father. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There's a sermon in itself. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to his churches. If you can hear my voice, if you can hear what God has said through his word this morning, then you know that Jesus is Lord. Not just the Lord of our problems, but the Lord of all creation. The Lord of everything. The Lord of every situation in your life. And as Brother John comes, it says in John chapter 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes on him who sent me has eternal life. And he does not come in judgment, but he has passed out of death and into life. You will be judged. But if you know the password, you can skip right on through to the end and you can know that you won't be judged, that you'll be forgiven, that you'll be ushered in. You'll be ushered into that ultimate dining table where the feast is waiting where Jesus is sitting at the head of the table and he's saying, come on in. Won't you come in and sit down and dine with me? Rest with me. I know you've had a long ride, but rest with me. So every eye closed and every head bowed.